Welcome back to the Walk the Word podcast. My name is James and I'm the pastor here at Sarah Fellowship in the Kingdom of Bahrain. And this is our midweek audio-only Bible teaching. We've had a couple of weeks off for Easter and today we are back working through numbers. We've been working through scripture one chapter a week. We began all the way back in Genesis 1 and today we get to Numbers chapter 14. Uh, So as we say every week, if you've never read this, if you've no idea what is going on with Numbers chapter 14, go ahead and read the first four verses. We're going to kind of ease back into this having had an Easter break. Read the first four verses and then we'll come back together as we seek to know and grow in the Word. So yeah, we're going to kind of ease back into this. Uh, Numbers 14 is a huge chapter. There's lots going on. And after a break for Easter, it's probably a good idea to uh, go slowly back into this instead of being here for twice as long as normal. And the first four verses give us a great big takeaway point for ourselves. So there's lots to talk about, even though uh, we're just in the first four verses. So Numbers 14 uh, picks up right where 13 uh, leaves off. There's no gap in time. And if you weren't with us a few weeks ago and we talked about Numbers 13, the spies have been sent into the promised land. They've come back. A couple of them have said, yes, it is great. It's perfect. It's beautiful. Let's go. Most of them have said, um, no, it's going to be too difficult. There's lots of people there. It's just not going to work. Uh, So then Numbers 14 begins, Then all the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. So taking this report, well, taking the, the negative report of the promised land, we see here, this repetition, all the congregation raised a loud cry. All the people wept that night. All the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. So they've had two reports of the promised land. A couple of people have said, yes, it is great. Let's go. Um, Most of them have said, "Mm, no, there's lots of people there. And uh, it might be really difficult for us to take this land. They've forgotten Um, the sovereignty, the power, the size of the God that has promised them this land. So there are two reports, and they've lined up with the negative one, and now they are just, the response is rooted in unbelief. It has to be, doesn't it? If they believed in who God was and what he said about the land, they, they wouldn't be grumbling, complaining. Uh, yeah, there are people living there. Yeah, it's going to be difficult. Um, God has promised you this land. So regardless, and we talked about this a little bit a couple of weeks ago, when they focus on the size of the problem compared to themselves, it's going to seem very defeating. But when they look at the size of and the awesomeness and the grandeur of God compared to the problem, it shouldn't really phase them. Anyway, so they're whinging, they're moaning, they're whining, and it's directed against Moses and Aaron, God's chosen leaders for the people in this place at this time. And when that happens, when people start to moan and whinge and whine against God's chosen leaders, really, it's not against um, the, the leaders. It is so often 
against God himself. Uh, and I read this week that their murmuring was directed first against Moses and Aaron, but since they were the Lord's leaders, they were really murmuring against the Lord. Um, the goal of Moses and Aaron to lead God's people to the promised land was God's own goal. So their complaints, their whinging, their whining, their moaning, yes, it was directed at Moses and Aaron, but it is really against God and this plan of his to take his people to this land. And then... One big lesson for us straight away here is that we need to be really careful what we wish for. And it's an old phrase. It sounds a bit cheesy. Uh, but look, we read, would that we had died. You know, wouldn't it have been better for us to die in the land of Egypt? And it gets even worse. Wouldn't it be better if we just died in the wilderness? In verse 3 now, why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And then they said to one another, let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. And you, <laughs> I don't know about you, you read through this passage We've read through the first you know, 10, 12, 13 chapters of Numbers where these spectacular, wonderful, miraculous things are happening to them and for them and around them. And they still want to rebel and push back. And now we'll do it our way. We'll choose somebody to lead us and we will go back to Egypt. You know, wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? Nope. No, it would not. We've talked about that a couple of weeks ago. They were, they were um, craving all the food and the, the different kind of things that they had in Egypt. They were definitely looking back um, with some rose-tinted spectacles on that. But anyway, so uh, wouldn't it be better if we'd stayed in Egypt? Um, no. Wouldn't it be better if we die in this wilderness? Well, they need to be really, really careful Um with what they're saying there, uh, because that, for a lot of them, uh, does end up happening. You know, lots of this generation do die in the wilderness. And this kind of deep-rooted rebellion um, comes up again and again and again in the, in the future of God's people. Uh, Psalm 95 talks about this rebellion when they tried and they tested God. Um, the writer, the speaker to the Hebrews references this to warn people against the dangers of unbelief. Um, and I think it's, it's really important to say, look, it's all right to be angry with God, to, to question God. Uh, you look at anything most things that David wrote, said, did. He was a very emotional man. He, he questioned God. He was angry with God. Um, but he took those feelings uh, to God and asked you know, for answers, for help, for guidance. And so it's all right to be uh, angry, to question, to, to, to ask God, why, what's going on? Help me, show me, tell me. Um, but completely turning our backs and saying, no, nah, I'm absolutely done. I don't trust you anymore. 
um, is kind of stepping well over that line um, of what's all right and what is not. And again, they're doing to be really careful with, with what they're doing here. They're rejecting a life of, of trusting in God. You know, God's brought them out of Egypt. He's delivered them. He's sustained them. And now they're on the cusp. They're on the threshold of the promised land. And they're saying, now, let's turn around. Let's go back. It's probably better for us if we just go back there. So they're rejecting a life where they trust God, where they walk with God. And I think that is even more, for us reading this, obviously, for us reading this, it's even more outrageous because we've read, we've seen their interactions with God. We've seen how God has worked with them and in them and and, and through them. And I think a lot of people would agree with the statement that when when we see, when we experience miraculous things, it builds our faith. And as we've worked through numbers, this group of people have seen some pretty wonderful things, haven't they? Seen, they've been miraculously fed uh, with, with manna um, from heaven. Uh, they've seen God's presence among them, uh, pillars of fire and cloud. They've... Uh, They've sent spies into this land to scope out, look, is what God has said about this place true? They've experienced all these things, this miraculous, spectacular, divine stuff in their lives. Yet when it comes to trusting God in that critical moment, at that really important point, no, they've not done it. And so this idea that when we see the miraculous, it builds our faith, you know, maybe, maybe for some it does. But when we see the accounts like numbers of the, just the, the, the amount of miraculous stuff that these people saw and how they could still turn away from it, um, yeah, uh, no, no, I don't think the miraculous is that that singular and concrete catalyst for deeper faith and and deeper trust. And perhaps then the crescendo of their rebellion is to say, look, let's go back. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, in and amongst themselves, let us choose a leader. And go back to Egypt. They don't want God's plan. They don't want God's people. And they don't want to go to God's place. They've just fully rejected here. From all kind of perspectives. uh, The life that God has prepared for them. The The life that God purchased them out of slavery for. They've rejected his plans, his people, and his place. And they want to go back to Egypt, and they want to choose their own leader. Now, if you've read through Scripture before, if you're kind of familiar with the the, 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 the wider narrative, the big arcs, we see this again and again and again. You know, I think of uh, Saul being... Uh, 
well, the, the dem people demanded a king, didn't they? When we get to um, that Samuel Kings and Chronicle. Uh, Chronicles section of our Bibles, you know, that we just want to be like everybody else. We want a king. We don't want to be led by God anymore. We want a king like everybody else. And even then, you know, Samuel says, look, if you get a king, this is going to happen. These are going to be the negatives. And people just demand that they want to do it their own way. And uh, it's, it's the same here. Verse four again, they said to one another, let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. And again, so many times the leaders in our lives of faith whether that's a church whether that's a, like a christian college whether that's in uh, a home group a, a bible study uh, whatever circumstance when people have got issues problems questions doubts with god it is so often directed at the person leading that group you know back again a couple of verses back the people are just dismayed that they feel like they've been brought this far only to be let down and so they they're whinging they're whining they're complaining and it goes to Moses and Aaron as God's installed leaders uh, and then here their solution to that in verse 4 is let us find let's us pick a leader and we're going to go back to Egypt And what they're saying here is that they think they know better than God. They've rejected his plans, his people, and his place. And they think they know better than uh, you know, God Almighty, sovereign, all-knowing, all-powerful, all-loving, all-wise, outside of space and time. They think they know better. Uh, and I read this week that their rebellion, this rebellion, was completely man-centered, people-centered. They say to one another... They're making this decision. Um, they're going to get together. They're going to vote. They're going to choose who they think should be their leader. And they think that that is going to be better for them than the guy or guys or people that God has prepared and put into this place and at this time. They didn't like the people that God had put in that place. And in that time, and again, I read, they wanted a leader who would truly represent them, including in their rebellion and again bigger picture you know wider narrative of scripture we see that again and again and again and it crescendos in the book of revelation where if we truly really want somebody who will represent us in our rebellion against god um, we don't have to look too far but again if you read further forward if you read the last few chapters of revelation um We'll just see how that plays out. We're so lucky, we're so fortunate to be able to read passages like this in Numbers where people rebel and they want to do things their own way and they think they know better and we'll get together and we'll pool our collective wisdom and we'll pick our own leaders and we'll go to our own places and we'll do our own stuff. We're so fortunate to be able to look forward, to flick forward to the end of the book and to see, oh, that's how that turns out. When people choose to go their own way, when they reject God's people, God's places, uh, God's plans, God's structures for, for leadership over his people, we can see how it turns out by just reading the end of the book. And we are so fortunate that we can do so. Uh, and I'm sure beyond all 
doubt that had these people here been able to read what we can read, being able to see what we can see in Scripture in, in hundreds, in thousands of years of the history of God's people and, and church history, then they would have made a very, very different decision. And so for you and for me, you know, no, you might not be uh, best friends with the guy, the guys, the people leading uh, your Christian uh, college, church, home group. You, you might not have chosen them uh, yourself, but if you don't like them to the point where you don't feel like you can be part of that group anymore, then that's a very uh, personal decision. Unless you know that they're doing things that are just heretical, uh, that contradict the word, the will, the ways of God, uh, if you, you know, if you know that they've been put in that position by God, if you know how they came to be in that role, um, then if you don't want to be part of that anymore, then again, that is a really personal decision, and it's not for me to tell you whether you should stick it out um, or leave, but whenever you take frustrations and you end up whinging, whining, moaning at them, what you're really saying is, God, I think you've got it wrong here with this person. And again, if there is evidence, if there is, again, if there's evidence that contradicts the word, the will, the ways of God, uh, then yeah, sure, that's a, a very different um, story. But here, Moses and Aaron are complained at because the people don't like how God is leading uh, the people that he's installed, the places that he's taking them, and the processes that they're going through um, to get there. So again, if you if you feel like you're in that kind of situation, it's not for me to tell you uh, to whether you stay or you move on. But if you do want to move on, if you want to remove yourself from that, uh, then from experience, um, please just do that with a bit of grace and do that with humility. If you've got convictions that mean you need to step away from whatever kind of group uh, it is, uh, then, then fine. But uh, as we've seen here, I think we need to be really careful when we complain to God's appointed leaders about stuff that is really very personal um, to God. When we distrust and when we doubt God, when we start to rebel and when we start to think that we know better than God, as we've seen here in Numbers 14, uh, I think we are very, very close to crossing our line. Next week, then, we'll see Moses and Aaron's response to uh, this rebellion, to this another rebellion. And uh, we will keep going through Numbers chapter 14. But until then, have a blessing.